0: how are you and i am so excited to be joining the believe podcast network and you're going to be listening to the believe fantasy football show with me michael fabiano who am i well hopefully you know me been in the industry for well over 20 years nfl.com cbs sports line now with the great people at sports illustrated siriusxm fantasy sports radio Westwood one and i talk a lot about fantasy football and that's what this show is going to be okay because i am here to help you win a fantasy championship or take the blame If you end up losing or make a bad decision, that's, I guess, what X or Twitter is for these days, right? So we're going to talk about anything and everything that's fantasy football related. We're going to have great guests on the program. I'm going to get some of my wrestler pals on the show, some of my athlete pals on the show, some of my actor pals on the show. So you can listen and hear that they're having the same exact issues as you in their fantasy leagues. Although the Miz, of course, will probably never admit to that. If you know the Miz, you know uh, he thinks he's awesome. Uh, We'll definitely have Mike on at some point during the course uh, of the podcast, but we are going to be doing this show twice a week. It'll come out on Tuesdays and Fridays. So, on Tuesdays after games, we'll review everything that happened over the weekend, talk about the Monday night game, and then talk about what's going on with the waiver wire on Tuesdays. And maybe a few player props. We're also going to have Jen Piacenti on every week during the season. If you know Jen, She's amazing at player props. She is the princess of player props. She will help you win money. And I will help you win money in your fantasy football leagues. So we've got you all covered here on the Believe Fantasy Football Show with myself, Michael Fabiano. It is going to be a lot of fun, folks. If you want to win your fantasy league, you got to listen to this program. We're going to give you the sleepers. We're going to give you the bus. We're going to give you breakouts. We're going to give you draft strategy. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what kind of leagues you need to be in. Are you a beginner? Are you been playing this thing for over 20 years like me? What kind of scoring system do you want to use? Do you want to go PPR? Do you want to go with a standard scoring system, which I mean, standard's boring, unless you're you know, living back in the 90s. Now I live back in the 90s and 80s in my musical tastes and movies, but in fantasy football, I'm here in the now, 2023. We're also going to get into how to be a commissioner because that's a pain in the ass. Ask Mike Trout. Did you hear about the Tommy Pham thing that happened last year? Yeah, it's not fun. Being a commissioner is tough. I'm going to give you some tips on how to be a good commissioner and also maybe give you a few suggestions on giving the worst team in your league a little punishment, which is always fun. Because fantasy football is all about fun, folks. It's all about the fun. That's what we are here to do. Also, I'm going to be answering some of your questions on X or Twitter. I still don't know what the hell to call that thing. I mean, it's X now. I don't know. Should I say Elon's platform, whatever, but I'm going to be answering your questions on X right here on the program. Every single week, you got lineup questions. Who do I draft? Who do I keep? Fabs. Why do you love the Cowboys so much? They suck. Anything. I'm going to be here for you. No questions asked. So make sure you hit me up every single week. On X. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram uh, fat, at Fabiano, uh, Michael underscore Fabiano on Twitter. X. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so confusing. Uh, at Michael underscore Fabiano underscore on Instagram. And yes, I have TikTok. I just turned 50, but I did have a TikTok before I turned 50. So I know I'm accused a lot of times of being the old man who's yelling at the kids who are on his front lawn. And sometimes I am, but I am on the TikTok. All right. I'm not doing an OnlyFans. I am not going to make any kind of craziness there. Um, you can go and watch Paige act like my buddy Trey Wingo did uh, this past week. Trey, you lucky dog, you. So let's get into things here. And let's talk about fantasy draft strategies. And we're going to talk about a strategy and a typical redraft. Why? Well, I mean, typical redrafts are what most people are playing. There are auctions out there, of course, and you know what an auction is, I assume, where you're bidding on players, you're nominating players. You've got different kinds of formats, but we're going to go with a redraft here. And the redraft format's easy, 10 teams, 12 teams. Typically, I go 12. 10, it's it's a little easier because you're you're playing against fewer players and there's more players available to you. So I'd rather go 12 if I want to really get into more of a challenge, or maybe 14. But if you're a newbie or you're just doing this casually, I get it. 10 teams, all good. I go full point PPR. Some people go half. A lot of the default out there is half. I I want points. Like, I love points. I want to score points. So I'm going full point. And I understand, like, remember Derek Mason? He used to play for the Ravens and the Titans. Like, he would have eight catches for 50 yards. And people would argue, you only have 50 yards. Well, you did catch eight passes. I want the points for those passes. And I want a full point. I want a half. It's not fair. The guy had eight catches, I got five points. I mean, come on. Let's have some fun here. So go full point PPR, just in my opinion. And I also love Superflex. Now, what is Superflex? Superflex is all the rage now, kids, in the fantasy football community. This is when you have the ability to start a second quarterback in a flex. Thus, Superflex. You have one quarterback, two running backs, you can have two wide receivers, three wide receivers, you can have multiple flexes that are running back, wide receiver, tight end. But one of those flexes is quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. So you can start a quarterback in a flex and that behooves you. You want to do that because quarterbacks score more points than any player in fantasy football. We know that that position always scores more points because they touch the ball every single time it's snapped. You know, this, this is not rocket science here. These leagues are fun. And they also mirror what NFL football is in terms of how it values its positions. Austin Eckler, who I love, is my guy. I mean, this guy's fighting the Chargers and makes $6 million a year. But let's give $250 million or $500 million to Patrick Mahomes because quarterbacks are so valuable. In traditional fantasy football, they're not really that valuable because you only have to start one. It's a onesie position. But if you go to Superflex, all of a sudden you want two. And how many teams are in the league? 32. How many good quarterbacks in the league? Not 32. So you got to keep that in mind. And so in Superflex, you're going to see a ton of quarterbacks go off the board in the first couple of rounds. In fact, the quarterback position will be the most prominent in round one, and it should be. Hell, you may even go quarterback, quarterback, and then go with the running backs and wide receivers. You could do that too. It's that valuable. So keep that in mind. Superflex leagues. They're a lot of fun. I'm actually doing a Dynasty Startup Superflex League with some of my pals this weekend. I'll give you the results of that next week. This is a fun way to play, and it increases the value of the position in fantasy football that is devalued the most, maybe outside of tight end and kicker, and I'll talk about that. But quarterbacks are super valuable in real football. They should be super valuable in fantasy football. Going Superflex does that. Now let's go from... Do you want to play in a 10-team league or a 12-team league? I like 12. I mentioned that. Here's the advantage of 10. Besides the fact that it's smaller and there's more players available to less teams. The strategies can change. If you go into a 10-team league, the way that things are going right now, people are waiting on running backs and they're going heavy wide receivers. The position is deep. In the top of your... 10 team draft, you can literally go three wide receivers, a tight end or a quarterback in your first four picks and still get two or three pretty good running backs. Now, do they come with risk? Yes. I'm talking about James Connors of the world and talking about JK Dobbins, talking about Rashad white cam Akers, guys like that. I mean, they're in good positions to succeed, but you never, you never know those kind of players, you know, Deandre Swift, that kind of thing. But if you go out and get those wide receivers, especially in a full-point PPR in a 10-team league, like you can load up and still play the matchups with running backs. And that's what we're doing now. And this is me. I am a running backs truther. I love running backs. Okay? It's my favorite position. I love drafting LaDainian Thomas and Marshall Falk and Sean Alexander and Priest Holmes and Larry Johnson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Emmitt Smith. Hell out them, Cowboys. Barry Sanders. I love drafting them all. But the league has changed. Running backs are not as valuable as they used to be. Unfortunately, they can't get paid. Josh Jacobs is holding out at this point. Saquon Sha- Barkley almost held out and had to take kind of like, all right, we'll give you some incentives. And he came back. Same thing with Eckler. That's the problem. Running backs are not valued in the NFL and they are losing value in fantasy football as a result. Why? Because teams think that they can pull any curtain jerker off the street or a fifth or sixth round pick and put him in the backfield. And it happens and it works. Isaiah Pacheco, he wasn't a prominent draft pick last year. The guy ended up being one of the top two backs in Kansas City. They won the Super Bowl. Jerick McKinnon was one of the best running backs in fantasy football in the second half of last year. Did you draft him? He was a big-time waiver wire pickup. We didn't see that coming. We all thought Clyde Edwards-O'Leary would be the guy. And Pacheco would play a role. Didn't happen. You're seeing running backs by committee becoming more and more popular as well. Very popular. In fact, there are certain backfields I want nothing to do with. The Eagles backfield, that thing's going to be a mess. Penny, Swift, Gainwell. And from what I've heard, Gainwell might be the starter. And he's getting drafted third out of that trio. It ain't easy, folks. Some of these backfields are going to be a nightmare. And now you got other situations with the Jets. Dalvin Cook's there. You think Dalvin Cook's taking a backup job? Even if he's not the starter, he's going to be getting his share of the workload. And that cuts Brees Hall's knees off. His ceiling took a massive hit in New England. I still like Ramondre Stevenson, but now you got Zeke in there, Zeke. I get it. He's past his prime, still in the red zone. They're going to use him. He's still a really good pass protector. And they don't want to burn Ramondre out. That's why they brought Zeke in. And the Patriots are historically known for this. Corey Dillon, Fred Taylor, Stephen Jackson. I mean, let's go on and on. They bring in these veteran running backs and these guys eat up touches. And Zeke's going to do that. And now Stevens is more of an RB2 type. So that's been the problem with the running backs. We only have a few guys that we know every week we can count on. We know. Hell, do you think you can count on Jonathan Taylor right now? We have no idea. He's not even with the team. That's a problem. He's fallen into the third round in some of these drafts that I've been in. That's a big problem. What about Jacobs? Is he going to come back? I think he will. Regression's coming, though. Jacobs coming off a magical season. you got to be aware of the magical season. So the running back position has taken a hit to the point now where you can get guys with upside in round four, round five, round six, maybe even around seven. That's about where it falls off in terms of that cliff. But in a 10-team league, there's more options. And so you can go in different directions. I don't know in a 12-team league if I would go three wide receivers into tight end before my first running back. League's bigger. Fewer players available to me. That would be a zero RB strategy, which I don't like to do. I'd prefer the hero RB strategy. Now, if you don't know what that is, hero RB strategy is your first pick as a running back. And then you go with a bunch of wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, etc. Zero RB means that for the first four to five rounds, no running backs, none. And that is a more, and I hated that philosophy. When it came out, I'm like, running backs are the, the lifeblood of fantasy football. You're telling me I'm not going to draft one in the first four to five rounds. Hell no. I'm not going there. And I never did. This year in certain situations, especially in the 10-team league, I might I might do that. Because I know what's going to be available to me. Are they going to come with risks? Yes. But I want those wide receivers. I want Jamar Chase. I want Amon Ross St. Brown. I want Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I want those guys. Hell, I want Brandon Ayuk as my wide receiver three. Giddy up. Love it. And I may take a tight end before I take my first running back in the 10-team league. Maybe I'll take Kittle. Maybe Hawkinson. Now, Kelsey's going to be a first-round pick. Andrew's probably a second or third-round pick. There's some other. And then you you get into Kittle, Waller, Goddard, and then question marks. But in a 10-team league, you can go after one of those top five or six tight ends a little bit earlier. And then if you don't get one of those guys, you can punt the position down the road. Also, when you're talking about drafts, You have to be able to win from wherever you pick, whether you're one, whether you're 12, whether you're five or six, wherever it is. Honestly, I have liked being at the end of the drafts in the best balls that I've done and the mocks that I've done because I can go and get, for example, in a traditional league, CD lamb and AJ Brown to start things off. Giddy up. I'm in love it. Give me that all day long. And I'm a Cowboys fan. I'll take an Eagle. AJ Brown's good. And I'll still be able to get some good running backs, like I said, four, five, six. At one, it's Justin Jefferson or McCaffrey, depending on what you like to do. I've seen Jamar Chase go one, also. One of those three guys, but typically it's Ben Jefferson. And then on the way back, you're going wide receiver, running back, or maybe wide receiver, wide receiver, or wide receiver tight end. Now in the middle, which is where I've kind of liked to be in the past, because like I don't have to wait that long. If you're at one, you're waiting two, four rounds and at the back end, same kind of thing in the middle. You're always kind of almost up but you miss out on maybe some of the elite talent at the top. So you're not getting McCaffrey. You're not getting chase. You're not getting JJ. Maybe you'll get Cooper cup. Cause he's fallen a little bit because of his injury, but for the most part, I'm kind of digging the back end of the draft. That's where I feel pretty good. I mean, I feel good anywhere. But I like getting those two really good wide receivers, like I can get CD and AJ, or maybe Diggs or Adams, who I'm a little worried about. Full disclosure, I don't like the quarterback position in Las Vegas. If Jimmy G stays healthy, number one, it would be somewhat of a miracle because he hasn't really stayed healthy. But if he stays healthy for 15 games, I'm okay with Adams. I'm good. Second round, yeah, that's fine. But if he goes down. You know what's behind him? Brian Hoyer and Nate O'Connell. Yeah, exactly. If you went into a draft, knowing that Devontae Adams would be catching at least part of his passes from one of those two guys for, say, six out of 17 games, would you draft him in the second round? I don't know. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. That's a problem there. Now, there are other ways for you to create a draft strategy and a build that maybe doesn't include wide receivers. And you can go that way as well. Maybe you go, and I've seen this, running back, running back, you can get Nick Chubb and then say Josh Jacobs. Now I would go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver in the next three picks or two wide receivers and a tight end or a quarterback. But you can certainly go with two running backs if you want to. I would just rather go with those wide receivers in full-point PPR. Now keep in mind, things change. Half-point PPR is kind of the same. You're still getting points for catches, just not as much. In standard, running backs are going to still be valuable. Even more valuable. Why? No catches, but yards and touchdowns. We want those. We want those. I mean, we want those regardless, but if you're not getting points for catches, yards, touchdowns, sign me up. Running backs, because they get the ball. The top guys. You got to keep that in mind. When you're talking about Standard leagues, there are running backs who live on catches that are not going to be as valuable. Okay, remember James White for the Patriots, like in a PPR league? He was great. Standard, not nearly as good. That kind of thing. Alvin Kamara, although the, the, the catches have gone down since Breeze retired, loses some value in a standard league. There's no question about that. Austin Eckler, who he loves, scores a lot of touchdowns, had 107 catches last year. Loses a little bit of value. A little bit. In a standard league and i'm not a huge fan of that format i want all the points i can get in fact in my leagues the return yards and touchdowns are rewarded to players so you remember antonio brown who could forget that knucklehead when he was in pittsburgh he was returning punts and if he took a punt back Why the hell would the Steelers defense and special teams get the points I want? I started Antonio Brown. 25 yards is equal to one point. Touchdown is six, obviously. Roll with that strategy. Roll with that scoring system. Do that. Now, it's not going to affect a lot of players. How many players that you're starting in your fantasy leagues are going to actually return kicks and punts? It adds to the strategy. What about Isaiah Pacheco? He had almost 600 yards return last year. Add that. To my points, I started Pacheco. Add that to my points. Now, let's go through some of the rookies. Rookies are becoming more valuable in fantasy football. They're coming out, they're making an impact right away. Not all of them, but more. And we've seen it time and time again, especially a wide receiver. Jefferson, Chase, Lamb, there's a lot. I'm not going to name them all. Waddle, I can keep going. You guys get the point quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson is the only guy I have any excitement for among the rookies. He's already been declared the week one starter for the Colts. Mobile as hell. You worry about what he can be as a passer. He's going to have to go through some growing pains. He's going to go through learning how to read his progressions, making sure when he can check down to avoid a sack. And this guy's mobile. Mobility as a quarterback can mask a lot of issues as a passer. Big time. Look at Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow threw the ugliest ball of any professional quarterback in the history of the world. But he was a good fantasy quarterback. Not great, but he was okay. Why? 50 yards into touchdown on the ground. That's 11 points right there. So if he gave me six points as a passer, which sucks, give me 17 points, 16, 17 points. I'll take it. Anyways, Richardson's also a guy that if you want to go out and get him, you may have to draft him a round or two earlier than you think. So even though he might be the first quarterback you draft, doesn't necessarily mean that he's your QB one. Why? Because QB is deep. And in any one quarterback league, you can get Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Geno. And you could play the matchups and maybe use those guys until Richardson kind of gets his wits about him and starts showing that he could be a strong fantasy quarterback because the mobility is there. We got to see what's going on in the passing game. The rookie running backs, I mean, the top two is easy. Bijan is going in the top eight across the board. He's the number one running back in fantasy football among the rooks. He's the number one rook in fantasy football. The dude is unbelievably talented. Pass catcher. He can line up out wide. He can line up in the slot. He's a tackle-breaking machine. He's elusive. He's got it all. And Atlanta, they're going to run the ball. Bijan is going to be a top eight pick in most drafts. Don't be afraid to draft him because he's a rookie. Don't go into drafts scared. Go out and get your guy. Jameer Gibbs. While I am a little bit worried about the curse of Barry Sanders, which I kind of made up myself, every running back that the Lions have drafted in the first three rounds since Barry Sanders retired has either sucked or gotten hurt, or both. Go back and look. DeAndre Swift, Javid Best, on Johnson, Kevin Jones, Kevin Smith, Michael LaShore, Amir Abdullah, all of them. But Gibbs is... He is absolutely lighting up draft boards right now. He's going third round as a high RB2 because of the Alvin Kamara upside as a pass catcher. Again, PPR. He's another player that will get hurt in standard leagues. He's number two. And then after that, there's, you know, you got Zach Charbonnet in Seattle, but the running back position did not benefit a lot in the draft because teams that didn't necessarily need a running back drafted them. So a lot of these guys ended up in bad spots. Now, Devon A-Chain may be a player you could target in PPR. He's got to climb the depth chart in Miami, but Mike McDaniel really liked him. And so I think he wants to utilize him as the pass catcher with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. Utilized in the first and second downs and then give A-Chain some love, get him open in space. Dude's wicked elusive and fast. Wide receivers. Again, they didn't fall into great spots like the running backs. Jackson Smith and Jigba, really good player in college. He's got to contend for targets with DK and Lockett in Seattle. He's a wide receiver four. The guy that you want is Jordan Addison, who looks like he'll start with Justin Jefferson. Hello, single coverage. In an offense, that's going to throw the ball a ton. That's good news for Addison. Still, sleeper type wide receiver four. Don't get nuts. Don't get crazy on him. KJ Osborne still there too. And KJ Osborne was really good in the second half of last year down the stretch. And I don't think they're going to eliminate him altogether. And you also have Hawkins in there. So those are, those are the top two rookie wide receivers. There are other guys out there a little bit deeper. You know, Jaden Reed in Green Bay. Maybe you take a late run flyer on him. Rasheed Rice. Zay Flowers, guys like that, Quentin Johnston. I just don't see any of them making a a massive impact as a rookie. Could be wrong. They ended up in spots where there's a lot of wide receivers. A lot of wide receivers. A lot of miles to feed. Finally, before we move on, and a lot of drafts are going on right now, we're going to talk about punishments in your fantasy league. And there's some good ones. And if you guys out there have a good sense of humor and you don't mind being embarrassed, it is a very fun part of fantasy football. It's become very fun. I've heard of punishments where grown men have to wear diapers in a bonnet, go into a Denny's and have a meal with a stuffed animal. It's embarrassing. Holding up a sign outside of your workplace saying I suck at fantasy football. And by the way, I did that to Scott Hansen. Red zone. Scott, I love you. I beat Scott one year. He had to hold up a sign outside of NFL Network that said, I lost to Fabs in my fantasy football championship. I did it to Mizanin too. Although he snuck out his... I'll get into that another time. He did something smart. Let's put it that way. I didn't specify what I wanted him to do. And he's a Weisenheimer. Anyways, that's all an, also a fun way to do it. There's also been historically, we've seen these punishments where someone who finishes last has to go to a waffle house and eat as many waffles as you possibly can for 24 hours. Every waffle he eats, that decreases the amount of hours that he needs to spend in the waffle house. That one's pretty fun. I also don't mind if you've got a convertible Having the loser dressed up in an outfit of the opposite sex, standing in the back seat of the convertible. Now, be careful, going down the streets with a big sign about how bad they are at fantasy football. That could be fun too. And Trophy Smack, my pals over at Trophy Smack actually have toilet bowls, toilet seats that you can use, or construction worker jackets that say on the back, I suck at fantasy. There's a lot of stuff you can do. A lot of embarrassing things that you could do. Maybe the loser has to run the combine drills on camera shirtless. That's also a fun little punishment. So you can go there as well because all the spoils go to the winner and the loser. This is another thing you could do. There's a league out there with John Hamm, Dave Damashek cousin Sal, a bunch of others. They play in a league and at the following year's draft, the winner of the league acts as somebody out and they don't know it. So you could be in a 12-team league. Say you won the league. You go to an event. You're going to do your draft. Before the draft, you say, you know what? John Hamm, I don't like you very much. You're out. And then you have a replacement set up. That's also fun. That's also a lot of fun. So you guys should be setting this stuff up now. Also, commissioners. Commissioners, make sure you got your rules in place and all the rules in place. The last thing you want is to have something happen like what happened last year with Demar Hamlin and nobody saw that coming. And we're twiddling our thumbs. We don't know what the hell to do because this is a situation we never saw before. Make sure you've got rules in place for anything and everything that might happen because you can go back after you send that email out and say, Hey guys, I look, I've got it right here. This is what we talked about with the DeMar Hamlet situation. I'm not saying a guy is going to have a cardiac arrest on the field and the game gets canceled, but any situation where a game gets canceled, you got to have a rule for it. Now you got to, whether it's, well, that's sour grapes. It is what it is. You lose those guys who were started in your, in your lineup who ended up not playing because of games, whatever the case may be. And that's probably what I would do to, 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 quell any sort of controversy, or if it happens in championship week, like it did last year, extend it out to the final week. You can do that as well. Combine the points from 17, 18. If the matchup was not already decided. So this past year, say I've got a 65 point lead and my opponent has Tyler Boyd. Dude, I won. I won. but, if my opponent had a three-point lead and I got Tyler Boyd, I got a shot to win. So you play it out. That's what you do. Folks, we are going to be doing this podcast, the Belief Fantasy Football Podcast show with Michael Fabiano, every single week, twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. And I'm really excited about being able to interact with some of you guys on Twitter or X. Send me your questions and that's where we're going to end. I'm going to answer some questions that I got on Twitter. By the way, one of the questions from DRock08112, fantasy or marriage? What's better? <laughs> it's fantasy to me, dude. I ain't never been married. So that's, that's the answer to that one. All right. This one's from JD Lennon14: second pick in PPR. Jefferson's going first. Am I crazy to think B. John Robinson or should I go Chase or CMC? Are you crazy? No, I'm going CMC or Chase. I'm probably going Chase in that scenario. Mark, who am I picking number one overall? It's Justin Jefferson. Our league is starting a super flex league. This one's from van underscore low pick seven. What's the best draft strategy? Go heavy quarterbacks. I went through it earlier in the pod. Go back and listen. Wide receivers can wait. Quarterbacks are valuable. Running backs can wait. Quarterbacks are super valuable in that format. Next up, is Miles Sanders worth a flex? That's from the Faith Breaker. Yeah, he is, but that's it. I don't trust Miles Sanders. As far as I can throw him, and I can't throw him very far. I can promise you. Guy's super inconsistent. You know, almost 50% of his points, 50% of his games, excuse me, his points, 10 or fewer. That's awful. So in half of his career games, he has scored 10 or fewer points. Ballpark. And you want that guy to be your RB two? No thanks. Next up. Do I drop Kadarius Toney? This is from Swaggy D. No. Kadarius Tony, man, I'm leading the Chiefs wide receivers in fantasy points. That doesn't mean he's going to be great. Like Juju last year, Hardman before he got hurt. Don't drop him. Not, not worth dropping him. Put him in an injured spot if you can. He's expected to be Good to go for week one, although he's definitely not the most durable guy. All right, last one. <laughs> Kung Fu Cookie, fantasy football ruined my marriage. Should I still play? Well, if your marriage is already ruined, then you may as well still play, right? If she's gone, add more leagues, in fact. Add more leagues. One more. Rookie Keeper League, am I still keeping Brees Hall in the fourth round? Yeah. Yeah. Dalvin's only signed for one year. It's a keeper league. Unless you have to give Brees away in the next few years, I'm still keeping him. Next year, hopefully, will be the breakout. This year it won't be. All right, anyways, guys. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. And make sure you come back every Tuesday and Friday for the Believe Fantasy Football Show with myself, Michael Fabiano, on the Believe Network. It's going to be a blast. If you want to win your fantasy football championship, lock it on here. Give me. 40 minutes of your week, every week. And at the end of the day, I guarantee you, you will feel the competitive team and hold up that damn championship belt at the end of the year. We will see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Keep tabs on what's going on in those preseason games. We'll cover it next week right here on the Believe Fantasy Football Show with Michael Fabiano.